0: Previously on AMC's *The Walking Dead*. I see the bad moon rising. I know we'll never get things back to the way they used to be. I see trouble on
1: the way. It's not going to be easy. So the
0: end is coming soon. But we're not too far gone.
1: Welcome to PPN's The Pulping Dead. I'm Mike. I'm MB. Tonight we'll be discussing after the newest episode of The Walking Dead and the mid-season premiere of Season 4.
0: Yeah, it's been a while since we've talked about this. It's been a while. It's a good uh, song.
1: Yeah, Yeah, lyrics. Yeah. Singing. Um, Low-key episode to uh, start the uh, second half of the season. Wait,
0: a low-key episode?
1: No, but wouldn't that be amazing if Loki showed up in The Walking Dead?
0: He's the cause of the apocalypse.
1: (laughs) Listen, Kirkman's never revealed how it started, so that could be canon. That's my head canon from now on. Loki started it. It's Ragnarok. That's what's going on right now.
0: That's really a part of the Marvel Universe. It ties into Marvel zombies. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. Season 5. Makes sense. They fight fight Luke Cage as a zombie.
1: Luke Cage as a zombie. So then Tyrese could... Go one-on-one.
0: And he would lose, of course, because that would be another black person on the show.
1: No, oh, sweet Christmas. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Luke Cage aside with his steel skin. Um, a Loki episode, which um, I liked.
0: I expected it because that's usually what television shows do. Like, the formula for really a lot of dramas is to... In the mid-season finale, on an explosive, really like big, epic way, and then come back to really kind of a deadpan almost. Like they come back trying, I think, to um, build back up to the the series, the season finale. Yeah. So it's kind of designed to be sort of a buffer, whereas like it ends on an insane explosive note and then it comes back on a quiet note a gentle note I think that was kind of what this episode was trying to do which I I mean I expected it and I thought really paid off because the thing about this season so far has been its strength has been the character driven episodes
1: unless you ask the internet Uh, but if we start talking about how retarded the internet is we'll be here all night
0: I don't ask the internet many things
1: yeah just stay away from talkbacks
0: but, yeah, I I personally, I mean, first of all, this episode is penned by Kirkman.
1: Yeah, and apparently, I, I, I haven't read the comics, apparently, pretty faithful to uh, the comic for
0: the I've most part. Read a, I've read at least one issue that dealt with kind of the aftermath of a prison, and it seems like it was leading up to that point where, you know, Carl goes at Rick for not being there for. Anyone and blaming him for everything because it seems like Carl was very angry during that period. Yeah, and I could see that. Uh, apparently, the only deviation is the stuff with Michelle, the uh, flashback. Yeah, which was. I
1: think it, I think oh, it was I, one of the highlights of the episode.
0: It yeah, was that, uh, that I, scene was just the way it was done in such a way that you would never expect.
1: Yeah, I like uh, I like dream sequences like that where.
0: They're
1: they're trippy, but in, like, a very plain way. Like, yeah. just stuff starts to be weird and reality starts to invade slowly.
0: Yeah. It was like she was in a different dream than those other two.
1: Yeah. Like, time kept skipping, and I like how herself in the dream wasn't fully comprehending it.
0: Like I like how subtly she just brought out the katana. <laughs> and, and for a moment, you were like, "Is this still like a flashback, or is this a dream?"
1: Yeah, like hell, that's listen. really.
0: I, I, at, up until that point, I didn't know whether it was one or the other. And you start to realize this is a dream by the time that you know you see the two gravel. Yeah.
1: They don't really do uh, dream sequences much on the show, yeah. so it's a nice change of pace.
0: And they really haven't even done that many flashbacks.
1: They haven't done a flashback in quite a while,
0: so it's it's kind of refreshing to see that be used sparingly as opposed to like a constant thing because from what I hear about loss that was kind of a ridiculous like the amount of stuff before the island was kind of out there yeah but this I'm I'm happy that it's something that they kind of choose to use when it's effective rather than just use it for the sake of it
1: and nice to see Michonne's character be opened up some be
0: completely different from when she is right now yeah And, I mean, of course, Danai Guerrero is easily one of the best additions to the show that has ever been. Like, it is insane how ripe for the part she is. Being able to
1: do so much with just absolutely no dialogue at all. Yeah. And I like the stuff with the doppelganger zombie that – and they kind of played around with it. Like, it may or may not have actually been there at all. Yeah. Which I liked. And nice to see the pets again. You know, if she killed them still.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they were different pets. I I like the fact that she sees the chaos around her. Like, the episode starts off with her still at the prison and kind of everything being torn apart. And the first thing she does is, well, I got to start from scratch, so I'm going to take two zombies, lead them out, cut off their arms and their jaws, and then just lead them.
1: Yeah, I like how she's completely ready just to go back on her own again, start all over again where she was, but... By the time she does decide to actually fall to actually track down Rick and Carl, she kind of made a choice
0: yeah which was which was great because it really kind of shows how far she's come since joining the group because she went from being this insanely isolated person even even with Andrea with her she didn't really let her in to being someone who has a family now.
1: Yeah. It's weird to think last season, Michonne, for the most part, didn't work as a character. Yeah. And now she works in space and and is an actual character. But uh, getting into the Carl of it all. Yeah. First of all, I thought this was a really good Carl episode, and you can't really say that much. But there's one curious thing they keep doing with Carl, which is he always seems to be in a completely different emotional state from the last time you saw him. Yeah. Like, you think of the Season 3 finale, he's pissed off and angry. Then the Season 4 premiere, he's happy Dory.
0: Yeah. And the last episode, he was, you know, clearly devastated. And this one, it's like, he's already go- gone through, like, all the stages of grief.
1: Yeah, and it's really only supposed to be, you know... Hours. Yeah, just shortly afterwards. So that was a little bit weird. Like...
0: One thing, I kind of had a problem... I, I tended to notice a pattern with the earlier Rick and Carl scenes, which was Rick would say something, Carl would say, no, you're wrong, and then suggest the opposite. Rick would argue with him, Carl would argue back, and then Rick would say something but then trip up because of his bad leg and thus lose the argument.
1: It was curious.
0: That did happen like a couple, two times from my – like too many times for my liking, but once Rick was incapacitated and Carl kind of let led the charge and kind of was in his own little world, Yeah, I found that kind of fascinating because you see like all these trappings of the other world that you haven't really seen in the show. Like they're in a house with like DEDs and televisions and uh, he goes out in the middle of like an abandoned street, which is something you also don't see a lot of like streets in general, you mostly just see the woods Yeah, and you see like a whole suburb in this episode. And it's really just about him sort of coming to terms with the fact that he isn't as far advanced as he thought he was because every bit of a piece of advice that Rick gives him in the beginning comes to a payoff in which Carl realizes that he was wrong to doubt his father, like the bullets, like running out of ammo very quickly. Yeah. And, um, just barricading himself off, and he, he comes to so many close calls in this episode with Walker's.
1: Oh, the one where he, the Walker's about to bite his leg was. Yeah. Terrifying. Michonne and Carl are going through, like, similar storylines uh, yeah, in several. Pro- well. Yeah. Which Carl wants to just break off, and, and Rick pretty much admits at the end that Carl is right. He. I mean, the entire flux of the first half of the season was Rick not really facing reality. Yeah, And finally he's coming to... He finally came to admit to himself that it's never going to be the same, and if he had just seen that, probably things would have been better off.
0: Yeah. Like, the fact that Carl is there blaming him for the death of uh, Herschel and the death of what they assume to be Judith and the death of... Uh, uh, Just the breaking down of the prison and everything, like, you can kind of tell he feels that way because Rick didn't pick up his gun at the beginning. Like, he was so out of touch that he didn't really get that things would go bad again. He was just more concentrated on the good of it. He was kind of like the ultimate optimist.
1: Yeah, and as Carl brought up, he knew the governor was out there, knew exactly where they were. Yeah. But just wanted to be a farmer.
0: It's it's kind of amazing to see the transition in this episode, because it is a very, I, I don't know what you would call it. It's kind of a refractionary period. Yeah. Where all of a sudden they're kind of stepping back and kind of examining their lot in life where they were when all of that stuff happened and realizing, Oh, that was a terrible situation. And that was, it's clear to see why the governor got the drop on us.
1: And it was just a, and they haven't really done good examinations of Carl growing up in the world so far. Just little bits. This is like this is the first full episode of pretty much just Carl's psyche, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Like the. And also, where, like this season has been the best Carl has ever been. Like oh, every father son moment has been golden.
1: It's been like the backbone of this season, like the secret weapon. Yeah. But like the scene where he goes into the kid's room and sees all you know the games and books and dvds and stuff
0: yeah but it's like he stops right as he approaches them because he i think a part of him realized if i turn this tv on and see if it still works it's gonna attract all the walkers so it's kind of like being met with reality where he can't enjoy any of that stuff even though it's there
1: it's like he saw this and was reminded of what he could have been or what could be doing like the child's the childlike nature that he's pretty much been denied and then immediately just the core in the back of the TV is no longer for what, it, for what it used to be now it's to secure the door yeah, to survive
0: and like you can even see like when he's pouring cereal and he's just got this blank stare on his face like nothing is what it used to be
1: yeah I like the cereal scene just cause it was it's short but it's like this weird normalcy versus reality of their situation yeah. where he's sitting down at a breakfast table and pouring cereal into a bowl.
0: And there was also that moment where he's eating pudding on a roof and looking at the, like the suburb in front of him, but a zombie is in the room right behind him.
1: Yeah. That was probably the perfect. summation of what they were going for. Yeah. him trying to be a kid, but there's like a zombie just in the
0: background trying to get to him. Like I could see that as a cover for the series.
1: It- so I, the set design in this, in this episode was really fucking good. Yeah, like all the like that so the second house that Carl breaks into and searches around for, it, they filled with such personality that you can almost that the family lived in in it. We don't see felt real.
0: Yeah, which is a problem that you have with most of the interiors is that it's very obviously a set.
1: Yeah, this was you know they had the. Uh, like the child's room, they on you know he had a si- The kid uh, had, had a sign on it that said his name, yeah. or there was just a bin that had that said keepsakes on it. You know, there's a lot of personal touches around.
0: Like even the wallpaper is slightly different from the usual interior you'd see, because you'd see like a very blank looking place, whereas this one was like more colorful and there's, but muted to like a certain degree.
1: Yeah, there is a lot of personality in it. I'm curious just, how Carl's going to go chew back but
0: yeah <laughs> i kind of imagined rick kind of chewing him up for that it's like you need shoes carl <laughs> you need
1: shoes. Carl. god he said carl a lot <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did and i also like the fact that this episode wasn't reliant on rick being there
1: no i think that was it was made
0: it he was like I, I love stuff like that when you can take the protagonist out of the situation And still have it be effective.
1: Yeah. I think that's what let Carl grow a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Because it was getting – like I said, it was kind of getting tiresome to have them just bickering back and forth every single time they interacted.
1: Yeah. Once again, it felt like it was maybe a little bit too thick, but once again, Carl's going through some stuff, and he's also a teenager.
0: There was also a really good parallel that I noticed – I actually did watch a little bit of Talking Dead. And Greg Nicotero, who directed this episode, was on it. And he noticed. No, 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 it wasn't him. It was Denai Guerra because she was also the guest. And she noticed that even though it's the situation that Carl's in, this is also something that teenagers in general go through. Yeah. It's very much a good parallel on a number of levels for just growing up and realizing that the world is not as you thought it would be. And thinking you could take it all on your own.
1: I think that's why that the storyline the episode worked so well. It was the psychology behind Carl growing up in this world, but it was also the reality of how teenagers actually are and they come into adolescence and stuff. Yeah. It was those two's ideas meet that I think kind of grounded the whole thing. And once again, they didn't hit you over the hill with a sledgehammer so much in this episode, I thought.
0: Maybe some of the... Also, yeah.
1: Like, some of the imagery was kind of obvious, like with him eating the pudding on the roof, you know, childlike innocence with a zombie behind him. But that was still subtle enough to work.
0: Yeah. I also just like the scene where he's on an empty street, looks back, and realizes he can't hear anything for miles and just goes, cool. Because it's like it's the first time he's kind of been allowed to have peace in like a while because he's been barricaded within a prison for – Nearly a year, if not more.
1: And allowed to just kind of...
0: He's kind of lived in this bubble.
1: Yeah, and kind of like the first time he's really been allowed fully to be himself and be responsible for himself, even if it didn't really work. I think we've all, growing up, had that feeling of doing something yourself that yeah. you're usually told to do, but this time it's just you doing it. Yeah. And you feel a little bit different doing it. and
0: he, Like him going him going on the run was great. yeah. 'Cause I mean, I've a lesser show would have had Rick suddenly snap out of it, go to his aid, and then like chew him out for leaving in the first place, which I was bracing myself for and they didn't do.
1: Yeah, I was I was waiting for that too.
0: That would have been insanely ridiculous because Rick is in such a deep coma at that point. And I also oh my god, the scene where Rick wakes up but Carl thinks he's turned.
1: Yeah, I, and believe, it's that, just, I believe that was in the comic
0: too. Yeah, just the just the the devastation of he can't kill his own father, even though he said earlier like he would he would be fine with if he died. It just brings it all back because you realize like he's learned his lesson and realizes that he can't do everything on his own.
1: Yeah, I, I have to say, I mean, the thought did occur to me like, wow, what if they will kill Rick in this episode? But it, I, I don't think the. I know the uh, zombie fake out thing was in the comic, but I don't know if it worked as well in the show. Just because we pretty much know that Andrew Lincoln's probably not going to die.
0: Well, that's always been my thing with The Walking Dead in general is that they they keep saying that you know no one is safe, but we know one person is safe. Like I imagine Rick is not going to die until the last issue of the series. Really? I think
1: as far as the comic goes, I think Rick will die. Uh, not soon, but I think he'll die before the last issue, and Carl will take over.
0: Maybe, but I don't see it happening. Happening like time soon, or really any point. Like it would have to be closer to the end. Which, granted, think, the comic think, is ending eventually.
1: Yeah, I think Kirkman said what three hundred issues. Uh, I think less than that. Well, a, maybe. If it's th- if it, let's just say three hundred, I think maybe Rick will die now two hundred, and Carl will take over for the last one hundred. I want to be surprised if it went like that. It feels like that's what he's building to.
0: It's hard to say because we thought David Morrissey was going to be a series regular.
1: No, oh, yeah. He, but, he's weird.
0: Yeah. By the way, I just want to talk really quick about how all of our theories, like, to some degree, were either unexplored or proven wrong. Because right off the bat, we were shown Michonne doesn't have the baby. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a missed opportunity, and also, like, I'm interested to see where what's going to happen with that now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be, if if, the, if they did just reveal, like, now nah, the baby's dead, then it would be, like, this kind of weird, delayed story. Yeah. I mean, granted, Carl and Rick think that the baby's dead, but...
0: I think that's very deliberate, though. It's played up as deliberate, as in... They think it, but it's not the case.
1: Yeah. Like It's a I little bit too very... TV-obvious, but...
0: Yeah, also, it would be very strange if they then confirmed it later on rather than confirming it immediately.
1: Yeah. That's what makes it a little bit obvious, but whatever. But,
0: but I'm curious to see who has it. And also, I'm curious to see, like, just how in keeping with the show's, not the show, but the season's theme...
1: Yeah, is this, this theme going to keep you the... on?
0: Well... My thing is that it seems like the theme has taken an inverse because the theme for the beginning of the season and the like the pre-finale episodes was you can go back. And this is never go back. Like the 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 post-finale episodes seem to be taking almost an opposite stance, which is fascinating because like it's two themes building on to each other.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That is interesting.
0: Because Rick realizing, like, things can never go back to how they were is completely spinning in the face of what they were setting up. And that works because, like, everything was torn down. Everything they knew was destroyed.
1: Yeah. Almost like Rick has – it's like Rick didn't – Rick got the lesson of you can come back but didn't understand it really. Yeah. Like he thought thought of it too much. Like he could be – everything was just normal and fine and good but –
0: yeah, like there was still some things that could still change for the better. And he didn't think of, well, there are also some things that could just go horribly wrong still. Because I think part of the thing was that Rick was convinced that things had gotten so bad that they could only get good. Yeah. Instead of worse. And then the governor shows up with his tank.
1: And we got to see that the governor was dead. So.
0: Yeah, I was, I, I have to admit, there was some small part of me that's like, Get up, get up,
1: get up. <laughs> get up, become the Terminator. We did get to see uh, headshot too.
0: That was disturbing. Yeah, that,
1: did, that that threw me for a loop, like, wow. Yeah.
0: Like, it would be one thing if it were just his head. It was his head as a walker. Looked pretty like, I cool, never expect, I never expected Herschel to be seen as a walker. Like, even knowing that he was going to die eventually, it's like I never expected him to see him as a zombie. It was a good effect, though. And to see it so starkly, too, and have Michelle just be the one to take it out. That was a really great touch.
1: It was a nice quiet moment. The whole episode was just a nice quiet episode. Like there wasn't wasn't a ton going on. It was just a nice quiet episode.
0: And I do wonder how that's gonna compare to when we join up with the others. Because next week it seems like we're going to the other set of characters.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I, like, I like spreading. It. I, that was the thing that surprised me. I thought we would just see them all in this episode. Yeah. I like kind of. I guess the uh, this next episode, we'll just see the rest of the group and splintered off.
0: Yeah. Which I don't know how that would have worked as well. Like, if it would have worked as well or if it would have been.
1: I don't think it would have. I think they did the. I think they made the right decision. I think focusing fully on Carl was the way to go. And yeah, you ain't get a Carl episode.
0: And Michonne.
1: And Michonne, yeah.
0: I think the. Really the best possible that you could have had with that character right now.
1: Yeah, that was the exact thing that needed to happen at this point in uh, how long she's been on the show.
0: Also, she gets to kill so many walkers in that one scene. Like, uh, they were talking about they filmed that scene, but Nicotero never called cut on that scene. (laughs) And so Denai Guerrero just kept going into, like, Michelle mode and kept slashing at fake zombies until they got enough takes. So it was interesting to hear that and see how the scene played out, because there's a lot of like quick cuts.
1: It's a big scene. Yeah. Because of the zombie kills, and, you know, Michonne goes through some shit. Kills that zombie that may or not exist. it was a fun little shot with the first time you see the doppelganger. Yeah, because... Because then they, yeah, cause, cause then they you know, cut back, and it's not there, and they pan down a line of zombies. That's not anywhere to be found.
0: I also really wasn't clear on whether or not that was a doppelganger until right before she killed it. I was like, "Is it a reminder of someone she knows, or it is a reminder of her?"
1: Is that like how it was just a black chick with dreads, but they didn't really they weren't exactly her dreads, didn't really yeah. look like her necessarily. So it was like enough of a doppelganger to, you know, kind of tread the line a little bit.
0: Yeah, it wasn't like they just had her in zombie makeup.
1: Yeah, which is like the obvious way to go. Yeah. Glad they didn't. They made it like you know a little bit. It's like it's her, but it's not really her.
0: Yeah.
1: But a solid episode.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been continually impressed with this season, and it definitely continues. Like, I was a little bit afraid of the idea of now that the prison's gone, now that the governor's gone, where does the show go from here? And hopefully it goes interesting and exciting places.
1: Yeah, and this was the exact kind of shot in the arm that Carl needed, especially that last scene between him and Rick. Rick just admitted everything. Carl got everything out, and it's like they're on an even field now. Yeah. And it's like and that's I, all I've done in episode. I
0: also loved how hopeful of an, how it ended on.
1: Yeah, an actual upbeat ending for once. Yeah. The next episode looks pretty downbeat. Oh, well, we'll see. You I, know
0: one, I know one thing, though. We're not going to have Andrew Lincoln yelling, Carl, ever, every five minutes.
1: Well, you say that, but I may have made a ringtone. Oh, no. Yeah, so you're going to put it on your phone. I'm going to call you about every 30 seconds. And While the be-
0: episode is airing. Go!
1: <laughs> and, you know, by the oh, way, I joke. I'm doing that now. <laughs> That's going to be my new text zone. Go! Seriously, I love Andrew Lincoln, but his accent is not built for yelling Carl and a...
0: <laughs> Carl!
1: Like a guttural so now,
0: Carl! <laughs> Carl, why didn't you save any pudding, Carl?
1: <laughs> Goddamn pudding. That
0: was kind of a dick move on Carl's move. On Carl's part. part.
1: Yeah, come on. The dude probably likes pudding.
0: Yeah. And plus, it's like, can you imagine trying to wade through a horde of zombies with a gallon of pudding on your breath?
1: Oh, not even that. You know how much bad his diarrhea is going to be? Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I mean, can you imagine... Also, what the fuck was that family doing with that much pudding? (laughs) Is it the fucking Cosby house? What the fuck?
0: (laughs) It'd be amazing if they crossed over with that one show, (laughs) and it was the Cosby show.
1: Well, it's the South, so that's not possible. Um, Wow, I went dark there. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, wow. Let's let's, let's go on a better note than that.
1: Yeah. um,
0: Carl! Carl!
1: Anyway, that's been the pulping dead i forget the sign off man oh i remember wow i lost it you okay there yeah i'm fine anyway this is i'm sta- i'm leaving this Sun so you've been listening to the pulping dead
0: i've been mike i've been mb r.i.p t-dog shane was right